my groove today. Been watching race cars move away. I just don't think that I can lose, and I might just take a cruise and let the sunshine play. Something more, something new, something new. And we're off. Welcome back to another episode of The Approach. Super excited. First of all, we're joined, as always, by my man, Drew. Drew, how are you living this evening? Doing well. Good to see both of you gentlemen this evening. How are you, Rob? I'm doing great, yeah. And then we're joined by my boy, Joe, chief, part of the Blayton Golf Crew, one of the leaders. Joe, how are you living this evening? We appreciate you joining us. Dude, another Monday. Glad to be here with you, gentlemen. Rob, I mean, listen, looking absolutely snazzy in the seersucker. I, I was desperately searching for it the last week. I don't know if it's supply chain or what, but I, I couldn't get it in time. So I got a little surprise to break out when it comes to Derby talk, but uh, I got the hammer ready to roll, and what, what a great degenerate week we have on tap here. This is per. I mean, if, if we're going to have an, uh, an event with another week feel like we had last week about, unfortunately, what it's looking like this week, yeah, we're going to need some Derby. Derby Churchill Downs here this Saturday and in my backyard. I've been to it. Work there. Work. We used to work with horses. Got the seersucker. Got the mint julep right now. And in an actual mint julep glass. So we're not Jeez. talking about those those Love like it. plastic. or On brand. On brand. You got to. And so we, we're sipping nice. And I'm going to be out there. It's, it's a whole two-week festival for the Derby here in Louisville. But when you get under a week, that's you know when things really start cooking. I'll be out there a couple of days this week. Um, you know, there's a Derby Eve party we're going to. It's just it's a it's a whole whole fun thing. But we'll get to the Derby. We'll I, I'll kind of show. I don't know how, if many listeners one care, but also if you do care, and maybe if it, it's just you want to bet some money on the Derby, I'm going to show you how to read the form. It's like how you read strokes gain data. Just real quick, if anybody's interested, I'm but interested. Before, because I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> well, I, there's some parallels, I think, with how you handicap with strokes game data to what you see from the past performances with horse racing. So we'll get that. It's fun. It's great. It, it goes hand in hand. You can have the golf on and then the race on another TV. Have yourself a Saturday. But let, let's just get cooking into it. We don't have to talk much about Mexico unless you all want to. Eh, John Ross finally won. Yeah. Soccer. Yeah, right. I I tell you what, I did get in a wormhole of reading the the reviews for is it by Danta um down there in that property that I think the note laying up guys tweeted that gosh, that is such a scam. They try to sell you some timeshares and they pretty much keep you hostage until you nope. say yes. It's kind it's kind of wild. But now we um unfortunately and I say unfortunately we moved to Wells Fargo because it's not a Quill Hollow. We're in kind of Maryland. It's we got crab cakes and football, which is good. But what do that's we know right. about that's right? What do we know, guys, about TPC Potomac? I think that's how it's pronounced. And uh well, yeah, what are we looking at this week? Chief, why don't you start us off? Well, all I know is that my first cousin, the first one that was born on the tree, Kyle Stanley is victorious at this course uh you know it was on my bridgestone years back that was the first lineup but um i'll tell you what it's a tough course tough course man from from what i've seen so far obviously molinari was riding that heater back uh in the summer a few years ago the last time i played here so i think this is going to be a nice nice tough test to golf gotta drive the golf ball well here uh i gotta 
got to putt, you know, decently well on bent grass, I guess. Probably mitigated some of the guys that are that are Premier specialists, but we'll see what happens. I don't know. I'm I'm pretty pumped for this week. It's nice to have, uh, you know, not a minus twenty situation going on. Uh, I I just can't wait. I think it's going to be a, a really good tournament. Yeah, not I don't disagree with that. It's it's interesting because like so yeah, they hold the quick and loans here back in like 2016, 2017 before transfer over to Detroit. But now you throw in the element at beginning of May, what the weather is going to be like. Is it going to be cold? The golf course itself is a little different. It's more of a link style golf course, which is something that is appealing to me. Um, but yeah, uh, just to, to Chief's point there, it's it's hitting the ball in the fairway is important. I think there's going to be a lot of long irons. I know it's only 7,100 yards, but uh, but accuracy is king this week. Um, and yeah, I, I'll miss Quail Hollow. I mean, I know we're getting the Ryder or the President's Cup, which I'll be attending. I look forward to um, in September. But Quail Hollow is one of my favorite golf courses, and I think it's one of the best tests we see all year. Um, but no, it'll be cool to come here. And, and listen, I, I think we've kind of been in a rut as far as fields go. Um, we've played some different golf courses, as, as you mentioned, with Mexico last week. Um, so it's it's good to change it up a little bit. Hopefully uh, this week brings some excitement. I know the, 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 the field itself is a little better, better than what we've seen the previous two weeks. Hey, don't don't throw that don't throw that hate on Hilton Head. We had a good field in Hilton Head. That's true. That's true. You're right. <laughs> yeah. You're right. We did. I guess I, that was only I'm, two weeks ago, wasn't it? It is. I know it's all right. All right. Last week. Last week. I'm sorry. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Get Hilton Head's name out your That's fucking right. mouth. That's all right. right. <laughs> so, all right. So now now we're cooking. Now we're cooking. I do have one question for for you all. This is just as it relates to DFS. Not so much betting, but that what Ron did, and there are a lot of people gloating about it, which is a side note, pet peeve. If you have a hard stance, make your hard stance before Thursday a.m., not Saturday p.m. So what I, I and look, I, I, Ron was one of my highest owned guys in my player pool, and and so whatever. But people were saying, like making fun of people who faded Rom, and you're doing that Saturday night, saying how dumb of a play that was. Well, 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 sure, and yeah, it didn't work out this week if, if you're the people that did fade him. But if you felt that strongly that you had to play ROM, well, like, say that stuff before the week. Uh, I just think it looks too easy to cop out if people do that, you know, after the, the tournament, like after we know ROM is, is going to play well. Uh, so, so point being, my question is, do you all think there might be some just recency bias and we come from a weak field to this is a slightly – you know, kind of improved, but it still is not going to blow us away. And people might have some, well, Rom as a heavy chalk won last week. So maybe chalk might uh, carry over and do well again this week. You find that or feel like there might be some recency bias this week? Is this a Tony Fee now question? This I don't feels know. like it a Tony Fee now question. What, uh, what do we yeah. think about Big Tone? For sure. Uh, he'll be the highest owned guy, in my opinion. Um, based off and, and that's recency bias because coming into last week he just wasn't very good um i know rory's up there but i think uh in the 10k range tony will be be high zoned and i i do think it's recency bias because again the sample size is super small the golf course last week turned into be kind of a bomber's paradise uh and i just think that we have a little bit more data to go off of here than we you know we did it, it you know when they played mexico so I think it kind of turned in is we looked at the leaderboard on Sunday. It was kind of just a bomber show, uh, bomb and gouge. And I think it's going to be a little bit different this week. But I do think that that people are going to be uh, be running to Tony uh, there at, at 10600 I mean, hell, starting with a $900 discount from the top guy. And Rory's not a bad place to begin if you feel strongly about it. Yeah. 
interesting. I was not thinking that Tony was going to be so highly owned. My, and listen, Uncle Tony, we don't call him Uncle Tony for nothing, not just because I'm a Sopranos fan, but uh, the fact that he's right there, I mean, my my note, my early nugget that I put in was, can he really outdo the 63 from from yesterday? I mean, I I don't know. With him, it's, it's very tricky. And the board kind of sets up relatively similar to last week. I did hammer Rom. It didn't really matter because the bottom of my lineups weren't great. Uh, but it's, you know, you have your, your upper echelon alpha dog at the top this week in Rory. I don't think he's going to be as highly owned as Rom just because it's a different yeah. court. I think people are going to realize that and, and probably be off him a little bit. You probably will have some recency bias with Tony. I don't think I'm going to go there again, just minimal win equity. You could say that he, you know, won obviously at, at Liberty National, uh, you know, back then when he, when he played well in the bank rest screens there, I don't, I'm not going there at the profit. The profit at 10-4, man, he looked pretty decent over the weekend. I, I might be going back there. Uh, so Sir Ben Coley was on him. I'm just reading his write-up before we went on air. But I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty intrigued by this. I'll, everyone's going to be on Corey Connors, it seems like. that. That's the early yeah. the early talk. Don't think he found his putter yet last time I checked. But, I mean, everything else, um, you know, fits on paper to me at least. But I don't know. Very, very interesting top of the board here. Those ROM yeah. ownership numbers were bonkers last week. Insane. Yeah, I mean, I mean it made sense. I mean, he – No, it moment, did. It was just like, yeah. whoa. I, I think I had him 80%, but, he, I mean, he was 38 or so in the – I was in the birdie. I, I didn't go nuts last week. Um, well, and, and, and that's – I'll just say, you know, a lot of people – you know, and no one really says it much anymore, at least what I see. Um, but it just shows why ownership matters and just picking golfers isn't enough because – you know, I know Rom is an extreme example, but people uh, on Twitter were complaining, and not, but me too, that rightfully so, that, look, gosh, Rom, I had him in every lineup, having 80% of my lineups, had him in 70% of my lineups, and I still lost money. Well, we lost money because of ownership. If he was 5%, and again, that's John Rom's never going to be 5%, right. but just take right. away Rom and put golfer A, this, you know, 5% and he wins, Ob you know, obviously, yeah, that, that change of thing, it's why ownership is so important. And so one of my concerns, speaking of that recency bias, is that last week people, because it was a weak field, felt justified and they rationalized to themselves in a good way that, gosh, this is a good week to you know, take some risk. That's great. Then a lot of people got burned because the 40% owned John Rom won. And even if you had them, you still may have not even cashed if you got six of six of six. And so what I feel like or fear is that people are going to say, well, gosh, I, you can't take risks like that anymore. I'm going to maybe play extra conservative this week just with that sting and maybe some recency bias there. Maybe that doesn't happen. But if you're feeling that that's happening to you, you know, check yourself a little bit. But we mentioned Abe and we mentioned Corey, mentioned Tony. Anybody else maybe in the, the 10K? Like, what about Fitzy who kind of burned people at Harbortown? I think that could be a great uh, uh, play right there, just as a DFS play. Burn everybody, come back and play well this week. Yeah, that, that has like a raw play all over it. Uh, yeah, Fitzy's torched me pretty, pretty horribly the last two years, but I mean, it makes two a lot years. of sense. Yeah, you, you look at what he's done at Valderrama, what, you know, obviously Brookline was a long time ago, but. Sort of, sort of those difficult par 70s. That's kind of Fitzy's bread and butter. Um, makes a lot of sense. I'm gonna have to sprinkle him. I think. But I mean, it's it's him and, and Ty Hatton, kind of similar, similar model of player. I mean, not too much different. 
neither of yet, you know, they haven't won on U.S. soil, similar to Tommy Fleetwood, the three of them. But uh, I don't know. Well, well, Chief, let me ask you something. One of Fitzy's best finishes was in 2020, a third place finish at the Memorial in Dublin, Ohio. You said there might be a parallel to the Memorial to what we got cooking this week. Yeah, just scouring through the leaderboards. Obviously, Kyle Stanley, cousin Kyle's played well there. Ling Mirth, the wild Ling Mirth, haven't heard from him. But he's played well there. Yeah, uh, and then you, name. Yep. And then you look back, member at Colonial Jason Day. I understand it's a different course when he won here. Same with Max Homa. Um, but I was just, I was starting to see a lot of names pop up. Those those long, difficult northeastern tracks. This is more Mid Atlantic, you know, in Maryland than the Northeast, but kind of similar climate. And this week seems like maybe pretty gnarly out there. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's a very good point you make with Fitzy. Um, just just guys guys that have shown. I'm, I mean, maybe it's because it's literally two minutes down the road from us here. But but Beth Page thinking about Lucas Glover. What he did there, a guy that usually gives me severe ajda, um, but, you know, really good on bent grass, nice driver of the golf ball. May have to go over and talk, uh, talk to Aaron Ryan, get a glove from him for this week. But uh, <laughs> regardless, I mean, that's the kind of mold of a guy that I'm looking at. You know, well, I, I've actually, you know, I, I love, love, you know, I love that 7K range, but there's, boy, there's there's a lot of plays that, that warrant a hammer this week once we get down that you know, that price range. Well, let's, let's start getting down to this price range and Drew, I'll start to you. Maybe. Yeah. Cause there's actually not a ton of players between 9,900 and, and 8k. So the nine and 8k guys drew, maybe what's a few guys that's getting your eye or maybe that you're avoiding. Yeah. I mean, just to hit the top of the board. Um, I'm with, I'm with him on Hatton. Um, Hatton might be my favorite play this week. If I were to pick between him and Fitzpatrick, I would go with Hatton. Um, I'm staying away from Paul Casey. If he burns me, fine. But the guy hasn't been able to put four rounds together, let alone two rounds together due to injury. So I'll stay away there. Um, so, yeah, I like Hatton. I also like Cam Young again, which I know is probably going to be pretty chalky. And then I'll go back to Seamus Power. If there was only – there's one other person I'd be considering in that range would be Jason Day. Um I do think it's a good core setup for Jason Day, but uh, but so yeah, so I'm at Hatton, um, Cam Young, Seamus Power, which are guys that I've played a little bit of. I just think Cam Young, um, the off the tee numbers are incredible. I think eventually he's going to win. I think that the opportunity with this a little bit lighter of a field, um, you know, seems like the best opportunity for him. But eventually it's coming. He's been too consistent, uh, especially if you can get him at uh, rock bottom eight K. I like that a lot. I love it. Chief, what about you? Yeah, it's few, so a few guys definitely second that on Cam Young. Uh, as Pops is the head pro up at Sleepy Hollow, another difficult northeastern track if you want to compare it there. So he's played a lot of golf up here for the Met PGA and other things. Speaking of Met PGA, I got, always got to mention Keegan Bradley, Wheatley Hills, St. John's. I mean, come on. He's so expensive this week. It's kind of sickening. We're, I was, <laughs> we were joking about it on Twitter with Andy before, but 9,600 for a guy that can't putt. But I'll tell you what. I mean, he's pretty damn good off the tee. You see him and Rory play well. They have similar games, a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, overlap at the courses they play well at. Wild Leash Doggy. I know I'm kind of going back up, but I wanted to mention him. Fifth in 2017, 13th, 2018. He lives in Virginia Beach when he's here at stateside. So Leash Doggy is really interesting to me at, at that price. Um, and then, yeah, famous Seamus, guy like him, 8,300. Solid, really solid player. Really has come into his own the last six months. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, Aaron Rye's playing really well. I know we joked about, you know, the gloves and everything, but that's kind of now diving into the seven K range. I don't know if we're ready to do that. I guess let's we, do it. We can dive in with him. I mean, obviously mad dog Mitchell, my boy, 7,800 phenomenal driver of the golf ball. I got to like him this week. I think Vegas withdrew, right? I just saw that recently. I think he's out. Um, who else? Gimbo Slice is playing pretty well. And the Harmonator, too. Um, like them. But Sep, the Austrian Bulldog. I tweeted that out earlier, too. Absolute. I mean, for how he's playing this year, he's $1,500 underpriced, I think, in this field. This I feel like they just forgot about him and just threw him in last minute or something I had over at the directing <laughs> headquarters. If for a guy that's driving the golf ball this well, T to green, I mean, Sep is, I mean, I think it's safe to say hammer time on Sep. Hammer's out. (laughs) Insanity price to me, but yeah. And then there's some other guys in the lower sevens, but I don't know, Drew, who do you got upper, upper seven range? I love Matt Kuchar. Talk me off the ledge. Talk me off the ledge. (laughs) Matt Kuchar has been doing lots of good things lately. Uh, Last two starts, a third, a second. It's been gaining strokes everywhere. Putter's been hot. Um, I like this as a Matt Kuchar golf course, a guy that keeps the ball in front of him, <laughs> especially if he's putting well. And then I like Joel Damon as well. Again, he's got, what, three straight top 40s, had a good uh, good finish at the uh, RBC, another guy that's pretty consistent off the tee. Um, but overall, I, I think in the 7K range, it's Matt Kuchar for me all day long and and I might be talked to, but I probably won't be talked off of this ledge. I, I'm probably jumping all in on Matt Kuchar. Well, I, I'll, I'll just share, share one thing in the 7K range that I'm surprised um, you all, and I didn't, haven't seen much uh, talk about it on Twitter right now, and that's Cam Davis. Cameron Davis surprisingly finished third at the RBC Heritage. I, I would not think that's a course that would suit his game. Gained 8.4 strokes. Uh, T to green in that you know tight tree line fairway course that is Harbor Town gave 1.1 on approach played well 9.8 total uh, yeah if this if this does play like Memorial where you know length long and you long with the approach irons that that's kind of Cam Davis's game and gosh he's reasonably priced at uh, like the low 700 so kind of like Cam Davis. If there's another guy that played awful at, at Harbor Town, but I really like his game. He's played really well in the spring, and that's Mateus Schwab. Uh, eighth at Valero, seventh at the Puerto Rico, seventh at the Honda. Again, missed the cut at RBC Heritage. But we, I, I, that looks like it's his first start at Hilton Head, and we saw a, you know, a lot of great players miss the cut at the RBC Heritage. So I'm not going to hold that much because I think we'll be, high, uh, I mean, excuse me, low-owned. And that, yeah, it's 7,200. Right there with uh, Cam Davis. Those are two guys I really like in this range. And I think Hilton Head's an easy course. If you're a little off, you miss the cut, right? Yeah. Like oh, it's yeah. just yeah. I think the dispersion of golf shots is so magnified at at, at Harbor Town to where I mean, again, you could be hitting the ball in the fairway and still be blocked out in certain spots. So if your game is a little off, you can miss a cut there. It's one of the tournaments I wouldn't read too much into uh, on a missed cut. So I'm I'm with you on that. Cam Davis, Cam Davis also won a Rocket Mortgage, similar to Ben means last year. And he also – I was watching him pretty closely for whatever reason on the live at Torrey, and he was lurking early on. He caught a terrible lie in the rough on like seven or eight, I think, and he just chipped the ball off the bluffs, and that kind of derailed his tournament. Um, <laughs> but he, he's a really good driver of the golf ball, and I, I think that's a nice little play. I've heard a little chatter about him. Uh, 
you know, he's flanked by Uncle Lucas and Russell Knox, who some some maniacs still play. I don't understand why Romeo for one, but uh, I don't know. I, I like a lot. Actually, you know, I, I this is my range. This is the bread and butter range. Yeah, we we glossed right over Big Country Troy Merritt. That one's for you, like. <laughs> Denny I mean, McCarthy didn't even the fact that you didn't well, mention Denny McCarthy seems criminal, but well, well, now, nah, now, nah. I mean, come on, now he's he's obviously coming up here. Denny, born <laughs> in Tacoma, Tacoma Park, Maryland's finest, uh, went to UVA, one of the best putters on planet Earth. Only problem with him, as I said before, was getting to the green. Uh, his off the tee numbers are a little sketchy, <laughs> but once he gets in and around the green, Denny, I mean, he's he's actually played this course a ton, so I I think it warrants a light sprinkle at least. Um, and then, I mean, Alex Smalley, uh, maybe I'm biased, another, uh, you know, New York guy he's from upstate. Lahiri. Like Rob, come on, Lahiri. What, what, like, what, what, what's, what's the nickname we've had for Lahiri now? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm still working on it. Oh, uh, yeah. You had a nickname for everybody. What do you mean you're working yeah. on it? I know. I'm, I'm still working on it. It's um, like the process. It's very hard with him. I don't know. I have a couple. <laughs> it's a tougher one for sure. He's he, he's not on the family tree yet, but he could be. <laughs> no, he's a distant cousin, but um, okay. he's, playing, he's playing really well. I mean, I can't really fade him at this point. I don't think he's playing great. Um, Uncle Marty from the Scottish Highlands, seventy-one hundred. I mean, he, he checks out. Uh, I know Andy's on him as well, but and then what about? I got two more guys. I'll give you just two more. Yep. There's a lot of guys here. That, Lashley's playing well. You know, Mac Hughes. You know, I like. But um, Bo Hostler was sixth last time here. Really good on bent grass. Um, I think he's warranted playing. Brandon Grace, you brought up the Memorial correlation before, was fourth at Memorial last year. Also plays, um, you know, a lot of his wins, especially in South Africa, are kind of those those tight tree-lined bent grass courses. So uh, we've seen him look at the U.S. Open, Chambers Bay. So tough tough kind of par 70s i think brandon grace has to be considered as well especially if the weather is uh shitty he plays great in shit conditions <laughs> i love it well let's get to the sicko range because that's why i want to hear your all pick floral picks so drew why don't you lead us off who do you like in the 6k range i mean so i'm gonna go back to austin smotherman i've been on this boat quite a bit uh a guy again pretty good off the tee um Again, it's going to come down to the putter for him. And, and I'm I, again in the 6K range, I feel like we're for the most part just hoping for a hot putting week. Uh, and that's kind of what we we get with Austin Smotherman. I tried to play Chappie last week. He was not in the field. I'm going back to it uh, just out of honor and respect. Uh, so I will take uh, Chapel here in the 6K range. He's down at 6,700. There's some interesting names when you dive into it. I think you could talk yourself into guys pretty far down the board. Um, I mean, Wesley Bryan had a good week last week, and he's all the way down at, what, 6,400. Uh, but those are the two of the guys that I'm most confident in the 6K range. I love it. Uh, I got to be honest with you. I don't have a ton of sickos yet. Wow. Keyword is yet. I'll, I'll highlight a few guys. Uh, shout out to Kenny Kim. Hopefully he's doing better after the stroke. But the double Koreans right there, Sung Kang and KH Lee, uh, you know, they – both actually TPC Craig Ranch cage Lee has a really good record at TPC courses for whatever reason. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at him a little bit. I mean, if Sun Kang is going to be popular, I'll say goodbye to that. Not going to happen. I think this is where the, the, uh, the dominant incident happened when he was cheating. I'm not hundred percent positive. I think that's when it happened um, or it happened recently. So he's, I'm probably going to go with KH Lee, just a light sprinkle. Ryan Armour, uh, really has a runner up here and 
checked out pretty much every metric when it comes to hitting fairways. That's about it for him. So not going there. Putnam, his brother won here, I think, on the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, really good bent putter. I think he was second at Tahoe and has a couple wins, you know, years ago. Hammering Hank Lebiota is hitting fairways like a son of a bitch right now. I would say consider him. Uh, Malnati, did you see Malnati this week? Obviously, the bucket hat. He had the sawed-off finish like Arnold Palmer. Like, he was going crazy, but he's peppering fairways. So, I may have to consider it. Malnati's a head case out there, and I'm yeah. all here for it. Yeah. Oh, he's a maniac. I, I love watching him. But, yeah, we may have to sprinkle him. And then, you know, Rob, your boy, Cousin Trey, um, I saw actually was watching him at Shinnecock at the Open a few years back. He really does hit missiles. I mean, he's, he's very long. Um, he could, he looked good last week and Novak, I mean, coach did tell me about him months ago and he was, he was hanging around on the weekend. He's a, he's a nice player. Um, so consider, but like, I'm not going ham on anybody quite yet in the sicko range. Uh, Johnny birds playing pretty well. I mean, listen, <laughs> if I'm talking about Johnny bird, we're reaching, we're reaching yeah, at this point. <laughs> Stay away. There's there's too much there's too much smoke in the seven K range this week. I, I don't know that you have to dive down into. Jonathan Bird was like Monday qualifying not too long ago, so he probably yeah. has yeah. exemptions into certain tournaments. But I do like Jonathan Bird. I mean, I love a guy grinding it through Mondays. That's what it's all <laughs> I about. Love it. Gotta love. Yeah, it. I, I think that was the Sony Open, or at least what they're they're like highlighted him. He flew at the red eye to Hawaii to try to Monday qualify, or maybe he was the first alternate and didn't get in and had to fly back uh, to the States. Yeah. Just the grind that you have to do when you're in the six, six K and just the money too. think of that perspective. Right. So like you have to fly to Hawaii travel yeah. expenses, you know, it's not cheap. You got to have a place to stay. And then you essentially just get back in the plane and fly home. Um, yeah, it's it's not uh it's not all glitz and glamour, especially for the sicko range with the with these guys. No, no, it's not. Well, let's let's move a little east. You and I, oh, I should say us three. We just get Louisville. We get the Churchill Downs. We sit in our box. We all got our mint juleps, our beer, whatever we're drinking, and now we we kind of talk golf. And now we pull up the program, and we're figuring, all right, how do we make some money with the Derby this weekend? The the Churchill Downs has racing all weekend, but the Derby's obviously the big race. I'm going to show a little bit of uh, the past performances, but we're all we're all sitting at our box. And if you, if someone out there who has maybe not bet horse racing before or doesn't know much about it, or maybe kind of you do it at the Kentucky Derby Breeders' Cup, other big races, I just want to go over a little bit of like what we're looking at here. So this is a past performance of they just drew the the post positions today, this is not up. So this is just going by the, the points leaderboard. We have Epicenter, who's actually the second choice behind Zandon um, currently right now. But I want to show what we're looking at it because this can be overwhelming. And what we're going to start is this is all the, the the breeding and everything you want to know specifically about the horse. This is his you know, year-to-date results. This is how many times he's run. And then so he's run three times, finished second, finished, uh, oh, finished first twice finished second once and obviously that's three so he doesn't have anything outside of that but the most important thing when you're looking at horse racing we say the pace that makes the race and what they mean by that is the speed or lack thereof throughout the race is what sets up a type of horse to you know win or you know not not run well and so typically what happens is is if there's a lot of speed in the race 
that benefits the closers. And if there's not a lot of speed in the race, that benefits the horses who have the early speed. And how you find how a, how a horse likes to, to kind of be throughout the race is right here where he says at the start, and then this is at different poles throughout the race of where this horse was throughout the race. So if you look back and this is, you know, where the race was, the date, the length, everything, the stakes. So this is at fairgrounds in New Orleans, a mile and an eighth at the Risen Star. It's a grade two epicenter was first the whole way. So he was a wire to wire winner. He was first the whole way around the track. If we look back at the fairgrounds and the gun runner stakes, he was second, second, and then turned in for home, finished first, ended up winning by six links right there. So that just shows, you know, how his running style, Zandon, very different. You see, he started in ninth position, you know, midway through the race was 10th, was actually 11th, then closed like a freight train to finish first. So that just gives you an idea of what we're looking at right here in the past performances. Finally, these is like who else finished in the race. One thing that can be great to find is that if the horse is italicized, that means that horse came back to win. That's a very important. And lastly, I will just go over these, these information down here are the workout reports. Horses, especially with this caliber, like to tout themselves in the morning. That's when the horses train. And especially for Derby Week, there's a lot of good horses that uh, have been working well. And so you can find a lot of nice information with, with the horses, uh, or with the workout reports, we'll, we're going to stay with that. So that's just a real brief overview of how you want to look at these past performances. But now let, let's just, we got our drinks. We're chilling in the box. Chief, why don't you start us off? Yeah, you got your hat. What are we thinking for the Derby? Tell us right. something. Let's go. I got my Shinnecock hat. This is as close as I can get to old timey charm here. So I don't know. How do you want you want to you want to go through the first like ten and then do the next ten from the from the pole position at the top, or how do you want to do this? Yeah, let, let, let's just do it, and, and we'll, we'll all take a turn, and we'll maybe we'll give a little insight if we have any insight at all on just each horse. I know Drew, you got one, and Drew, Drew if, if I know if this isn't this isn't your thing, uh, but you can say if you like the name or whatever, whatever comes to your mind. Does that sound good? Can I ask a quick question? Please, please. So, I'm, I'm assuming that different tracks are different lengths, right? So. So, so actually, so different tracks are different sizes, but you can race for the almost the most part at different, uh, different distances. So at Churchill Downs, we can race all the way up to, uh, yes, you can even go to two miles, but you could, the, the Derby is, I believe in a mile and yeah, a mile and a quarter. So, but it's really long. A horse hasn't raced that long, but you can change the difference to like seven furlongs or a really short five furlong. It not, it's not dependent on the track because they can make, you know, the, the length vary just where they put the starting gate. Okay, that makes sense. So yeah. is, is the Kentucky Derby length pretty average compared to most races? No, it's actually the, the longest a lot of these horses will ever run. Uh, okay. it's, yeah, it's one of the longest. Uh, not the longest, but it's one of them. And so uh, breeding for the distance is vital. And uh, we have some horses that – are just happy to be here and, and their owners just want to be a part of it that, that are really not bred to go this far. That That's a great question. All right, cool. So my guy's probably right, going to be that job. guy that's not bred to really go <laughs> this far, but we're feeling good about him. Well, let, let, let's talk about, let's talk about the, and we'll, we're going off the total points, not the, the post positions because the PPs aren't out yet, but we're, so we'll, we'll start off with epicenter. 
Gene, okay. why don't you talk? What, what do you know about Epicenter? All right, I could be completely bugging. I thought they did the pole positions like shortly before the show, but maybe I was looking yeah. at something wrong. No, um, you're right. Because I wanted – I was ready to hammer Mo Donegal at 10 to 1, but he – I think he caught the, the number one pole. I think he's going to be on the inside, which I don't love. Um, but he's a top Pletcher horse. He won at Remsen, Wood Memorial. Shout out to Aqueduct, my boys. Um, he's also I'm, – I'm big in the lineage of the family, much like the family tree. Um, you know, he was from Uncle Mo, who, you know, that 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 is a great horse uh, who fathered the 2016 Derby winner uh, in Iquist. So I like Mo Donegal, but I'm going to be off him. Epicenter, Joel Rosario, I, I believe, is going to be riding him. Uh, we got Steve Asmussen as the trainer, has yet to win a Derby, but they did win the Louisiana Derby this year. Uh, so I, I got to consider him. It's, I think Epicenter was pretty much the favorite until – I saw you tweeted out about Zandon. It went down to three to one uh, up at the top. So I don't know. I, I like, I may still sprinkle Modonigo. I think he's a great horse. He's got Pletcher, you know, in the barn. You got to love that. Uh, but, but I like the number six horse, Messier. I like him a lot. Uh, again, Johnny Velasquez riding him. Uh, this, this guy, the, the, Tim, I don't know how to say his last name probably, but Tim Yakteen, he's a German, German yeah. trainer. He was, uh, under Bob Baffert's tutelage for for many years, and then went off. So I like him. Empire Maker was was you know he's along that sire train for the lineage there. And then so basically we'll get down the board. But my top two horses at the top, uh, Messier I like and I like uh, Taba. Okay, both both trained by Yakteen in California. Um, Taba won the Santa Anita over Messier, and I think that if you go with a little exacta sprinkle on the two of them maybe not a sprinkle maybe a hammer um and that would just be the one two position finishing in either order correct rob i'm, I'm you're the expert on this i'm i'm still relatively a novice but I, I enjoy you know every year this time of year um so so taba and messier are kind of my two top plays at the top i just like i just think they're great horses from what i've the research that i've done um I think they have a strong lineage and I think that they have pretty good pole positions too. So those are my two top plays at the top. Um, but this, this Japanese horse is supposed to be pretty good too, but I'm a little worrisome about the back and forth travel with him. I don't know. You, to, I, I mean, Drew, what, what do you think? And also, but Rob really is, is the master here. I, I want to hear his take on the top. This is the only horse I know is the Taba, right? That's yeah. going to be my, that's going to be my horse. So I was reading you know, because I do a lot of reading almost daily on horses. Um, <laughs> but it sounds like he was essentially just sold off in March so he could race in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, yeah. He's only, what, had three races, but he dominated in Ohio. So, yeah, this would be his third race. Um, but, again, I, I mean, it looks like he was sold in March just so he can run. And he's got a good pedigree from what I can read. Tim Yachting or whatever you were mentioning seems to be a name that's been brought up multiple times. So that's good. <laughs> Um, but, and he's at 12 to one, which are nice odds. And so, uh, that's going to be my, my go-to, uh, just wait for more of my, uh, my horse content in, in the future. Well, that, well, Hey, if you start, uh, if it got Taby, whatever his name is, every pronounce it wins, you're going to start a horse racing pod. Yes, exactly. You look for that well, next and, week. And so uh, this is, 
So this, I'm going to say, this is a Tony Finau, maybe, horse, just extreme upside <laughs> that we don't know if it's going to happen in the majors. He's only raced twice. Like, that is very green for a horse. And when he won the Santa Anita Derby, which was so impressive because he was just a maiden uh, before his first race, obviously, uh, he did so. Uh, he came out of the race, and he had to miss a work, which usually represents there might be some soreness. And in the St. Anita Derby, there was only six horses in the race. He's coming into a, a race now that there's 20 horses, likely going to get a lot of kickback uh, within the dirt and the mud. So that's 20 horses from a six-horse race, only two races. He, he may be a little green, but if he has the talent, I mean, talent triumphs everything. So I, I like that. And there, there may be a reason we're, he we're hearing that Yak Dean guy is because this could have been a Bob Baffert horse. It definitely was previously trained. And if the owners wanted to run a Kentucky Derby, they couldn't have Bob Baffert as the trainer because he's suspended here um, oh, right. on every course, actually, in the Triple Crown. So they had to Wait get a, a second. new trainer. Wait a second. What's he suspended for? He was juicing. <laughs> he was, oh, he was juicing? juicing? Okay. Oh, I thought you were joking. Yeah. So no, Bob I mean, Baffert. I don't know. Like, I literally yeah. don't know anything about it. But I, I clearly want to know why he was suspended everywhere. Yeah, these yeah. horse PEDs will get you. And so, and then we'll go right, right here. Yeah, Crown Pride. That's the Japanese horse. I wouldn't worry too much, Chief, about the the distance because the Japanese have been dominating uh, big races around the world. Now they haven't won the Kentucky Derby yet, but they've flown to Dubai to to perform well. They actually won two Breeders' Cup races last year um, over in the United States, and so that yeah, they're, they're kind of. Um, you know, they're kind of playing, they're not playing well, but they're kind of trending upwards a little bit. This is definitely their best shot to win at Kentucky Derby. I don't think it happens. The 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 Dubai World Cup that had made in for this, the 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 previous race Crown Pride came out of. Yeah, he won. It wasn't a very impressive race by just the the speed figures and the timing. But he did kind of beat a, a horse that is in this race that that kind of actually ran really well. Again, if we're saying that a pace makes the race, Summer is tomorrow, who finished second to Crown Pride in their last race. Gosh, he, he should have backed up to the field because he was in the, the the lead throughout the whole race and was being pressed and ran an incredible fast time and was able to hang on for second. It was pretty, pretty uh, impressive. But I, I just want to go to Zandon, who is the favorite, and I'm going to show you why. Do they First, they I, fly these yeah. horses to Dubai for they races? They do. They fly. They fly them to yeah, Dubai and all over the Jeez. world. It's okay. it's pre, it's pretty wild. Yeah, and well, now it's funny because the I don't know if you remember this horse, Mind That Bird, won the Kentucky Derby a few years ago at fifty to one. You know, even if you're flying from, you know, sometimes they still van, but you know, if you're going flying from California, Florida to Kentucky. You know, you're, you're putting a horse on an airplane. Mind that bird who won the Derby a few years ago. This their trainer just banned him from New Mexico to Kentucky. I guess, and it, you know, it's a three million dollar animal then. <laughs> right. But I, I want to I want to talk about Zandon has been been lighting up the workouts in the morning here in Louisville, which is really creating a lot of buzz. He's the chalk, and he's there's a lot of narratives being built around him because of you know, how well he's been working out. Chad Brown, who's a great trainer, one of the best, said his recent work right here on the 23rd was one of the most impressive he's ever seen. So very, very kind of big praise there. But what I really love about Zandon is here in Kentucky at Keeneland, he won the Bluegrass Stakes, and especially this year, but it's been true the last few years, Keeneland is a speed-favoring track. 
that typically if you're on or near the lead, it's a little bit of a track bias for those speed horses, and it kind of hurts some closers. Well, Zandon came from way back and weaved through traffic to still win by two links. That's, uh, you know, means it was pretty convincingly. So he was able to do it against a maybe track bias. He did it in a great time. You know, 103 is a speed figure. It's a buyer number. Uh, you know, very good. And he's coming in with, a, you know, an incredible workout. He, he might be one of the most talented horses uh, we, we've seen in a long time. And the same as Epicenter. Epicenter, you know, has coming off, he's won four out of his last five races. The races that he, he, he lost, he finished second by head because a horse, uh, he took the lead. He thought he won. A horse kind of nailed him at the wire. But but th this guy can do it all. He can win on the lead. He can win by rating, which is I'm just going to sit exactly off. And one thing we've seen about the Kentucky Derby in these last few years is, you have to be near the front to really give your yourself an edge or a shot because with 20 horses in the field, there's so much traffic problems that a horse can get into that it's really, really difficult. It doesn't make it impossible, but it makes it really difficult to work out a good trip. And Epicenter has that early speed that I, will, will set him up for, for success. I will say Zandon, I think, will be more forwardly placed. Uh, I, and, and so, Chief, I know I'm rambling on, but your Mo Donegal pick, I like it. The, the the rail isn't as harmful as it used to be. They changed the starting gate, so it, it's not as big as a uh, as an issue. But I'll, uh, the last guy I'm going to say is – well, I'm going to say two. I'm going to say Cyberknife, but there's another one that I really get. He's uh, one of my long shots. And I'm going to scroll to it if I can find it. Like your Messier call. Yeah, you know, while you're while you're looking for him, I, yeah. I just want to say I, I got a few more I want to name. I'll do that. Oh, please. Go, yeah, go ahead. But well, well, going back to Crown Pride, had a family friend. Shout out to Ronnie B. He had a great horse. Just love the name, Nightmare Affair. He ran in the Breeders, really good horse. Uh, about six, seven years ago, went to Dubai, came back, got that disease that the horses get. They had to put him down. So yeah. I'm always always wary about that. Any type of travel over to the Middle East, you never know what happens. Call me crazy. I'm probably going to fade him because of that. But um, there's a few other bombs I kind of like. I mean, you mentioned uh, success at Keeneland. Smile Happy is 20 to 1. De decent name there. Um, Pine Pioneer Medina, 30 to 1. Pletcher. Yeah. In, in the American Pharaoh lineage. I mean, th that talk about good genes. I, I like that. Um, you know, Wh White Abario, I've heard a bit about. Won the Florida Derby. I saw he went down to 10 to one recently. Um, that's kind of interesting. Cyberknife, though, you mentioned him. Brad Cox, really, really hot trainer right now. Um, you know, just good horse at 20 to one. I'm seeing it right now. Won the Arkansas Derby, really good pedigree. And then um, I guess two more. You mentioned the pace, classic causeway. He's going to set the pace, right? That's kind of what they're saying. But I, I don't know that he's going to hang on the whole time. Um, yeah, I think I think they actually said he might not uh, race, but I could be mistaken. I think yeah, it sounded like he was kind of the last guy, uh, last horse in, I guess. Um, yeah. But on the mother side, back to funny side, the 2003 where a really good horse. I'm a, I'm all about the lineage, obviously. Last one would be Ethereal Road in the 20s position on the outside. Mm -hmm. uh, D Wayne Lucas, my man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uncle D Wayne. Uh, he's won four derbies, but none since 1999. Uh, this horse was second at the Rebel, so I don't know. I 
Ethereal Road's interesting at 30 to 1, but I like Cyberknife a lot in terms of long shots. And yeah, Summer is Tomorrow, just a great name for a horse. I imagine just throw, throw, just sprinkle a little, maybe a little uh, trifecta or something with that. But yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. Now I'm glad you asked me to, to come on today because I, you know, every year this, around this time, I'll get back into it. But um, it, it, it's good to see. And they're just, they're just beautiful animals. And it's, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Can I ask one last question? Please. And this might seem dumb. I'm assuming, and this isn't my question. I'm assuming that the, the jockeys or the owners come up with these ridiculous names. Um, yeah. So, the, yeah, the owners, dude. Yeah. So, how does the horse qualify for the derby? Or is it the breeder and the owner that qualifies and they can choose the horse that they bring? Oh, that's a great question. So, the derby is restricted to three-year-olds only. And so, each horse can only run in the derby one time. And there's a point system, you know, that's allocated for the top races that are, we call them like our prep races for the Derby, which some are kind of late two-year-old into the early part of the three-year-old year. Every horse is birthday um, as it relates to horse racing is on January 1st. And so you're, no matter if you're born in December or if you're born in you know March, you turn three years old and on January 1st. And so once January 1st happens, there's even more of these stakes races. That's like the best of the best type races and kind of horse racing for three-year-olds. And if you, you know, finish first, second, third, or fourth, you get points that give you, um, you know, kind of positioning on a leaderboard and the top 20 with the highest point getters qualify for the Derby. So, Okay. There, there's yeah, there's like, you know, 40,000 thoroughbreds that are born each year, you know, half of that make it to the track and then only 20 of those 20,000 actually get into the, the, the Kentucky Derby each year. And every owner, every trainer, every jockey wants their their horse to get there. It's very difficult. But uh, through the point system, it's only allowed for the best of the best. And, you know, sometimes like like look at this happy Jack was purchased for $7,500. And then you get horses who were purchased for 185,000. Sometimes you get million dollar purchases. Taiba uh, or whatever it was purchased for 1.7 million. Exactly. And so, yeah, when you get, when you get good genes, the horse is going to be expensive, but gotcha. you know, mind that, mind that burden won the Derby was purchased for, I think for like nine, 900, nine K I think 9,000. So, you know, pretty, pretty cheap and went up, one won three million dollars in just one race. So uh, that wow. that that's a great question, and I know not a lot of people know that. So I'm really glad that uh, that you asked that. I'll tell you what, boys. Have you ever been to the dog track? Forget about <laughs> no. that. I've been to the dog track. Yes, I, I down in Naples. Any, any golfers that play down in Naples, there's a that is the height of degeneracy, most degenerate place I've ever been with with Romeo. His family has a place down there. Uh, you know, looking at the the dogs beforehand. Listen, animal cruelty is what it is. I'm not a fan of that, but um, that's where you see the real the real ones is at the dog track. Uh, so recommend going to check that out with the family. Bring the kids. They have popcorn and, and amusement stuff. It's a great, great night out. But uh, no, I'm, I'm pumped for the Derby. What do you think, Rob? Give me, give me win, play, show. Just give me your gut instinct. Well, see, I'm a, so what, what I do, and this is what I recommend for everyone because it's almost like a PGA DFS wet is one of the best bets you can do is a pick four because one, it's one, it's really hard, hard to, uh, to win just like it's hard to win a GPP, but if you do, the returns can be great. And so what you have to do is you have to pick the winners of four consecutive races and you can add 
as many horses as you want into your bet on each four races, but the more horses that you do, the more expensive your ticket costs. And so you want to keep uh, as few as horses as you can, but you want to include as much as you can to give you enough shots uh, to actually win it. But again, not include too many to make the ticket so expensive. So I really, I really like that. But what I'll try to do is I'll include four horses in the Derby, you know, probably Epicenter and Zandon because, and I don't really like playing favorites, but they just look above and beyond. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to include probably Modonical and I'm going to include Charge It, which I didn't get to talk to. It was one of my, been a second in the Florida Derby. And and that's going to be my four that I'll include in a pick four, probably to do the trifecta and wield it around in the exacta. Exacta is you're right. You're picking the winner of first and second trifecta is you're picking what first and second and third is is going to look like again the good thing about horse racing or the great thing is you're outside you're, you're drinking bourbon you're drinking beer it, it's fun it's awesome and you, it's very easy to turn 10 bucks into 1200 just in a two-minute race but then it's also very easy just to lose everything you got so guys i, I really appreciate it doing during derby this week doing something a little different Anything else? Wells Fargo, Derby-wise, before we wrap up? All right, let's do an insane parlay for both of them. Let's do Denny McCarthy and Pioneer of Medina. What's the oh, my right gosh. Oh, oh, gosh. If we hit that, I'll, I'll be with you next year down in Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, if you hit that, I, yeah, you'd probably get um, – See, that's, that has to be like four. I don't know. I don't know. Something, something 80, to one, 80 to one on Denny. Uh, not, not that I would know. Um, but Pioneer Medina, 30 to one. So an 80 to one and 30 to one. Well, and, and Pioneer Medina, uh, Medina is probably going off closer to 50 to one come race yeah. day. Yeah. And then that could be interesting. Listen, and in, in, in the Pletcher, the Pletcher family, uh, be careful. You never know. I like it. I like know. it. I, I do like making the parlays. We got to throw a couple parlays of the Wells Fargo and the Derby. I like it. Enjoy. Enjoy. Fellas. All right, guys. It'll be a great Appreciate weekend. Appreciate y'all. All right. Yeah. Thanks, guys.